Today is Sunday, May 17th, 2020. Wednesday night, we introduce to you a few important concepts. First, we're going on the offensive. Church, you've been beaten up. You've been buffeted. You've been attacked on every side. And you have determined that you ain't going to take it anymore. Oh, we're not going to take it anymore. Oh, yeah. Not Dean Snyder. Not Twisted Sisters. I'm talking about righteous brothers. Come on now. Oh, yeah. There was a second important concept that the pastors have been laying down. That's to accomplish all that we want to achieve for Christ. We must go full throttle. Somebody say full throttle. Full Full throttle. throttle. Man, I'm talking about pure, unadulterated, pedal to the metal, Holy Ghost powered, ferocious kind of speed. Come on. Full throttle kind of speed. Yeah, it is. Now, when I say that, I am not talking to you, Brenton. (laughs) True. If you have no doors on your car, I'm talking about Holy Ghost full throttle. Yes. Come on, church, as we continue with our Go on the Offensive series, the title of today's sermon is Level Ground. Somebody say that with me. Level Ground. Level Ground. Turn with us to Psalm 143, and we're going to begin in verse 8. And when you find that passage in your own personal Bible there in your lap, say Level Ground when you get there. See, we are trying to surround you with the word. Of course, we have the word on the screens, but it does not replace the one that you should have there in your hands, in your lap, because that is your sword and you need to learn how to use it. Psalm 143 verse 8 says this, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Man, what a beautiful, beautiful passage. But there's something even more beautiful as we get started this morning. Right underneath the surface, you see here in the first line, let the morning bring me word. As if the morning is bringing you something. But really in the Hebrew, this tells us that we are shma, that we are listening with the intent to obey in the morning. Every morning that we awake, we have our hearts set already. Lord, what is it that you want me to do right now? What is it that you want me to do today? And in this case, Lord, I want to hear in your written word of your hased, your unfailing love, because you will show it to me in your word. Amen. Church, in our all-out quest for speed, our emotions will fuel us in that pursuit. They will not get in our way. Rather, the Holy Ghost nitrous will be ignited in our hearts. Amen. I'm talking about the kind that propels and rockets us towards all the ever wonderful loving kindness of God's will. Come on. When I think about what the pastors are saying, I can't help but go into verse nine. Are you there? Yes. Level ground. Man, we're getting on the same level. It's about to get good in here. (laughs) Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. When we go on the offensive and we're at full throttle, it means you're going to need a good roll cage. I'm talking about the kind of Holy Spirit sports coupe that you need to be in. Because we're going to hide our lives in Christ so that we're protected from all calamity and collision. It's not going to touch us. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's keep going in verse 10. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me. 
on level ground. Amen. Come on now, like a supersonic spiritual jet, we're going to listen to our control tower. The Lord will teach us to do his will through his word. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. See, God is good at what he does. And his good spirit will lead us on level ground that is uh, necessary. It's necessary for us to do a few things like it's time for us to set some land speed records in this place. Come on. When dealing with the sea of humanity, we can even set nautical speed records. Oh, yeah. And we're going to begin to defy the prince of the power of the air. And we're going to set air speed records as well. Come on, man. Do you want to see the prince of the power of the air defeated? Yes. Let's talk about this word for level in level ground here. Let's put it on the screen. The way you want to pronounce this is Mishore. Mishore. Somebody say Mishore. Mishore. Not my shore. Mishore. Not your shore. Mishore. Of course, it means plain, evenness. I got to love when the lexicons use a word like evenness. What does this word mean? Muchness. I mean, uh, evenness. Okay. You get the idea. This is the word for level, but it, it implies a certain kind of righteous lifestyle and equitable leadership. And it also describes terrain. Both are synonymous for each other. Shockingly, when we're talking about a level, we're not going to keep going back to this word, but all of our scriptures are derived from it. When you think of a level, you might think of a tool. Yeah? Anybody in here work as a craftsman? Yeah, what's that tool look like? You know, interestingly enough, the Bible declares the name of the man who created this. The Bible records it. Is that interesting? Yeah, I'm not talking about ELS codes, you know, equidistant letter spacing. I'm not talking about needing to get one of Perry Stone's books that's not footnoted to find some secret in it. I'm talking about the written word of God declares the name of the man who invented this. Did you know it's in the Torah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's in Genesis 14. Did you know it's in the Ketuvim? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in Psalm 110. This man's name is all over. The writer of Hebrews knew about the guy that invented this level. In fact, he dedicated chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 just to the man's name that invented this device. Wow. Do you all want to know the name? The level was created by none other than Melchizedek. Oh, I'm talking about a king of righteousness. Oh, man. But not the the king of the heavenly priesthood. His name was Melchizedek Thevenot. Thevenot. Thevenot from Thibodeau. Oh, you're down about you, baby. As you can guess. Y'all catching? Y'all level, baby. Y'all level. Y'all all right? Okay. Either down the bayou or up the bayou. It depends. I Man. got to go make some groceries. Yeah. Go make groceries. <laughs> got all that COVID you can't get out unless you love Jesus, you know. I think I'm on COVID about 20 now. <laughs> so Melchizedek, David, no. Obviously, he was a Frenchman. A Frenchman from around the time of the 1600s. And he was uh, probably part of what is known as the Huguenots. Well, he invented the level as we know it in the mid-1600s. 
But you know, Melchizedek had even a better name for this tool. Melchizedek titled this the spirit level. Oh! Now, it was entitled the spirit level because as you can see in this device, there's a bubble that's suspended in a liquid. Yeah. The liquid that was used was alcohol. Oh, where did the Huguenots find that? Oh, man. They were in France. (laughs) Can you imagine that a guy named Melchizedek came up with a device to level that was filled with the spirit? Oh, man. I think we can have a lot to learn from this. Church, your life cannot be spiritually level unless there is total reverence for the word and spirit being agreement inside of your very life. Because you see, being out of level with the word and the spirit is actually to be in error. Yeah. Error. Yeah. Much like Mark 12, 24 says, when Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? Oh, scriptures, 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 or the power of God. Come on. For you have a level life, you're going to have to have the Word and the Spirit at work in you. See, the truth is, is if, you, if we're honest yeah. with each other, now you craftsmen understand this. I think I would have called this not a spirit level, but maybe a flesh level. That's true. Because the truth is, is it's not often level when you try to come up and find out what's going on with something in front of you. See, it is more often out of level than it is to find something that is perfectly level. Oh, yeah, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. Hmm. It's more often out of bubble than it is dead on level, isn't it? Hmm. See, that's not what he named it because it really does take the spirit at work in your life to be able to even know what level is. For you to even have an understanding of what level is, you're going to have to have the spirit and the word at work to tell you what level is. You can't just eyeball this. You can't just decide what looks right to you. Yeah, it looks perfect to me. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe what we have to actually call it is think about it as a spiritual heart level. That's good. See, when you are not holding the word and the spirit in proper total proportion, your heart will always lean you out Of the right direction. Let's pick up in Proverbs 4. Spiritual heart level. Somebody say level ground when you get to Proverbs 4. I'm going to begin in verse 23. Above all else. Guard your heart. In Hebrew, your heart is your lieb. It's the very center of your being. Another way to think about this is your spirit or soul. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. 
Nothing in all creation could be more important than taking an accurate reading of your heart. Is it on the right spiritual level? Is that indicated by your actions or only by your own sentiments out of your heart? Because you surely don't want to go full throttle in the wrong direction or on ground that is out of level. You end up dead like that. That's true. You know what? Since our mouths speak out of the overflow of our hearts, we have to take a good look, look at what we like to talk about. What is the center of our conversations? We have to find out if what we're, we'd like to talk about is actually spiritually level. Did you hear it in the passage what incredible advice it is about to get our heart spiritually level? See, our eyes are the lamp of the body. We have to see if they are straight and level. Are your eyes fixed on the right things? What, what perfect biblical advice to tell you to look straight ahead. Now, this is not just for the young men and the young women in the room. Well, that is good advice for them, though. It yeah. is. In fact, you, you could be warned that there are dangerous curves ahead. Keep your eyes on straight things. <laughs> straight things. Yeah. And even, even really if you paid attention and rightly navigated the dangerous curves. See, the older you get, this word is no less applicable to you. Because you have to get your eyes and fix them straight ahead on the path that God has for you and not be pulled to the side by any other need, by any other desires, by any other fears that you have. See, church, the truth is, is a crooked eye can cause a fatal crash in your life. We don't want a crooked eye. We don't want crooked paths. What do we want? Level. Oh, yeah. See, we're told in verse 26. Could you put 26? Nope. Yeah, coming. All right. Hallelujah. So, 26, make level paths for your feet. Make level paths. You don't just get to inherit them. The roads are not already paved for you. You are supposed to make level paths for our feet. Do you know why? Because God wants you moving at full speed. Yeah, He does. Crawling Christians. Somebody say crawling. Crawling. Well, they can be credited with righteousness, and I guess that's good. Walking Christians. They may occasionally win a few battles, and I think that's better. But I'm talking about running with speed. Running with perseverance. The kind that outruns chariots, defeats the enemies, and sees the fire of God fall from heaven as fuel for your faith. Yeah. I'm surrounded by men and women of God who want to run with full speed and at full perseverance. Yeah. But in order to do that, we must keep our lives from swerving. That's what we read in in the passage. See, swerving into evil comes from not watching the spirit level. It does. It comes from not letting the spirit and word govern your life. You're constantly being pulled to the right Constantly being pulled to the left. You are driving while under the influence. You're susceptible to a DUI. Driving under the influence of the flesh. Yeah. What you need is Holy Ghost lane keeping assistance. Oh, come on now. Some, something so much better than drunk bumps. We're talking about the word and the spirit keeping you in line. Come on now, church. See, we know exactly what will keep us from swerving to the right or to the left. We know exactly what makes level pass for our feet. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Woo! 
Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 12 and 13 together. Say level ground when you get there. (laughs) Who built this stage? Oh, yeah. Still level. Yeah. Still level. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says this. For the word of God is living. Somebody say living. Living. And active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. See, He is the one that determines what level is, and we are going to have to give an account for how level our eyes, our path, the ground is that we are walking on. See, this reminds me when I think of the sharpness of this double-edged sword of the Word. It reminds me of Ehud. Oh, yeah. See, the sharpness of the Word of God will expel all of the sinful sludge from our lives. Oh, come on. Who is Ehud? Who did he kill? Eglon. Sword of God versus fat sinner. Right? Y'all remember? Yeah, and the sword drove out something. That's what pastor's talking about. Do y'all get it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. See, it is both a level and the Word of God will level you. Yes. See, this level divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It levels your thoughts. It levels your attitudes. It levels your entire being on the inside. That's what the Word and Spirit does. See, the Spirit then teaches us to use the level correctly. Amen. Oh, amen. You got to use it correctly for it to get the necessary results in your life. It isn't a hammer. It isn't something that you can take and beat something with or someone with. See, when you use a level wrongly, you run the risk of damaging the level. And actually what you're doing is you're damaging that the effect that the level has to shape your own heart. How many of you own a level? It rides around in the back of a pickup truck. It hangs out in a shed. It's sitting underneath a hammer somewhere. Your level gets out of level. Do you realize that? Yep. In fact, you use that thing as a hammer on your spouse for a little while. And you might bend it so that you no longer know what level is. Yeah, the Word of God is to check to see if something is level. It's not to spread concrete with. Anybody got a level with something stuck on it, and now every time you set it on the ground, it's out of level? See, the way that we abuse levels is often the way that the Word of God is abused. Mm. See, it's there to show someone where they are in the flesh And out of the Spirit because they have not applied the Spirit and the Word correctly to their situation. It is not a spear to stab someone with. And if you use it that way, then what happens is it perverts the way that you read the level from then on out. The Spirit has the right with the Word working in conjunction to be a hammer. It has the right to be piercing, to be all of those things, but it must be done by the Spirit in the Word, not simply because you are misusing the tool that God gave you. 
Hey, let's go to Isaiah 26. Amen. Well, it's just a sermon example, brother. It's a minor flesh wound. Level ground. Isaiah 26, beginning in verse 7. The path of the righteous is level. Now understand, that's not the heart of the righteous. That's, that's not the thoughts and the attitudes of the righteous. You are righteous because the Word and the Spirit have already corrected your thoughts and attitudes of your heart. And now your actual walk is level. Amen. It's righteous. Amen. It's not that you believe that it's level. It is Amen. level. Amen. The path of the righteous is level. Oh, upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in your way, in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. Yes. Can you hear how the man loves the word? Yes. That's because the word has leveled his heart. <laughs> My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, somebody say morning. 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 My spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. When the word and the spirit are being implemented properly, they level out your life so that your heart's desire, your soul's yearning is to have a level path so that you can gain speed. Now we began in Psalm 143 where every morning you yearned for the word. Here in Isaiah 26, we're seeing that your spirit is longing yeah. in the morning. Yeah. A level life will always properly understand the word and the spirit. Do you want to gain speed in righteousness? Yes. yes. Do you want to walk on level ground? Yes. Well, I'm talking about full gospel kind of speed. Mm. I'm talking about full throttle kind yeah. of speed. The kind of speed that will lift you to new heights and begin to elevate and lift those that are around you to new heights. Amen. Amen. To get to those new heights, let's go to our next passage in Psalm 26 and we'll look at verse 12. Is there a man in here capable of reading this? Because I know there's not a woman in my household that can read it. <laughs> Honey, is that level? Uh-huh, a little to the left. Little, no, now back to the right. Left. No, 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 right. Undo what you just did. Oh, yes, it's level. It's never level, is it, guys? No. You bunch of cowards. Is there a man in here that can read this? Somebody come read it. Keep going. My feet... Stand on level ground. Oh my goodness, Bim. Are we standing on level ground? Absolutely. We are absolutely level. Where are your feet right now? In the great assembly. Yeah. I will praise you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, let me put this together again. My feet stand on level ground. Where is that? In the great assembly. Come on now. Oh. Church, the Lord has given you the privilege of having your feet stand on the level ground of this assembly, yes. this church, this congregation. And as a church, we are able to practice in here on level ground so that we can perform at full throttle speed out there. You're here today because you want to be led on level ground. This is a Holy Ghost racetrack. Yeah. 
I mean, this church is a runway for the righteous. It's a railroad for the redeemed. I'd be working on the railroad. (laughs) This is why it's so important that we not let a pandemic of coronavirus derail what God has put on level ground. Amen. Come on now. The more that you think about the preciousness of what God does in the great assembly, it, it moves my heart. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 to see how Paul is talking to his spiritual son about this exact topic. 1 Timothy 3, and we're going to look at verse 14. Say level ground when you get there. Come on, it says this. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. Mm, Come on, doesn't this sound like a good father talking to his son? Yes. This is what you need to be doing. Even if I'm delayed, this is still what I expect for you. When I arrive, this is what I expect you to be doing. Because Paul is talking and setting God's household, the great assembly in the right order, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation Mm, of truth. Come on now, this moves my heart like, like few other verses in the word when I'm reminded that this great assembly, that the church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of truth. We don't go looking somewhere else for it. We know that God, through His Word and His Spirit, have given it to us for here. See, the church is the level that God has set, the foundation for the redemption of the world upon. Maybe we missed it. I'm going to get that again. That that was a deep truth. I think they're still hurt because I inferred that none of the women in my house could read a level. (laughs) Maybe so. Yeah. Or the men are still a little embarrassed that none of them answered your question after that. So. It, it's all right. <laughs> Most of the womenly men that are outside the church surely can't read a spirit level. <laughs> That's true. Church. Saints. Church. The great assembly is the level yeah. that God has chosen to use to set the foundation for the redemption of the world upon. See, this isn't just some small gathering in a storefront. You are part of the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. There is no other pillar or foundation for truth other than the great assembly, other than the church. If we forget this, if we don't hold on to this, if we don't learn to level our lives by it, what happens? Exactly what has happened all around us. Exactly the trouble that we're in as a country, as a world, is because the pulpit, the church has forgotten who they are. And we're reminding you, you're going to remember, you're going to know, you're going to value what God has said, that we are the pillar and foundation of truth. This is why we can't lift the word of God high enough. This is why we can't lift the spirit high enough. This is why we can't elevate our priesthood enough. This is why we must have our lives and the lives of our generations on completely level ground so that the church, somebody say the church, the church, the great assembly, the church that is the spirit level so that it will be the level and the leveling impact upon the entire world. Amen. 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 Uh, Pastor, that that is so good. The, The truth is, is that the word of God to a Christian is a level for your life. Period. The word and the spirit show you whether you are in the flesh or walking in the center of God's will. And and it's a very narrow margin. 
But when you move to the church level, the Word and the Spirit are still the level for the church. They're all that the church is founded upon. The thing is, is the church, though, becomes a level for the rest of the world. Because they don't read their Bible. Because they are not accustomed to being led by the Spirit. You become for them, as a corporate body, the example of what level looks like. The church has a responsibility to the whole world. If we buckle, it affects everybody. Even those who hate us. Those that love us, it makes no difference. If that level becomes crooked, it affects everybody on the building site. Period. Let's go to Malachi 2 and look at that principle. When you get to Malachi 2, everybody in this house, say level. So that's maybe 10 or 15 of us. uh, We started in a garage with a handful of people, so I don't mind coming personally, making sure that you're not playing Candy Crush. I I really... Sit right next to him. I'll get right on the same level with you with no problem, and we will level things out. The Word of God demands your full attention. Somebody say level. Level. Malachi 2 and verse 3. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. Can you imagine if that was said to you? Because of you, I'm going to rebuke your children. Oh my goodness. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will spread on your faces the opal from your festival sacrifices. Hey, that verse is just as inspired as John 3.16, in case you were wondering. God dislikes it when those who He has called to be a tool like this level... For the whole world to measure by, he dislikes it when it becomes corrupted. Because it leads others astray. He literally talks about smearing something nasty in the face of people who do this. And you will be carried off with it. Uh, Does anybody know where the offal goes? (laughs) There was no indoor plumbing, so it, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't in porcelain. It, it had to be taken to a place to be burned or buried. What do you think the imagery is here about men who are called to be a righteous standard, a level ground that lose their way? Can I tell you, nobody ever admits to losing their way though? In fact, the charismatic world is the worst with it. When men lose their way, they simply say, God, let me in a different direction. That's bending that level out of straight and into some kind of perverse circular reasoning that, that justifies your flesh. He speaks about when the level was straight next. And you will know that I have sent this admonition so that my covenant with Levi may... What's that word? Continue. He wants us to continue in a function. He is not looking for a reason to disqualify you. It's very interesting that he speaks this to Levi. He doesn't speak it to the Levites who are descendants some four or five hundred years later. This is spoken to Levi, never recorded before in the Word. There's a hint here if you're willing to get it. God will accept priests even when their lineage is not yet priestly. Okay? As long as they will walk according to the Word and the Spirit. And you will know that I have sent this admonition so that the covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. 
My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he reverent, revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. That word uprightness is mishor. It's, it's, he walked with me in shalom and mishor. He walked with me in right order with God and man, and his path was level. He didn't have one of those walks that went up and down. He didn't have a walk that was for a few feet straight and then tanked at the end of every week. It was level. That's how God likes His priesthood. And He turned many from sin. See, that's ultimately what's at stake. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth men should seek instruction. Because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. Now the truth is, is that the Levites got out of level. And the consequences were horrendous for the nation. It produced an Assyrian captivity. It produced a Babylonian captivity. It produced death and destruction when the level became crooked. So we want to show you in a slide the seven key indicators to examine your life according to this passage. Do you revere God above all else? That is so easy to say yes, but what would your schedule say? What would your children say? What would your spouse say? See, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, we need something to be level, but to actually hold it level? I mean, you can't see this bubble right here, but man, it's going to require some help from my friends, actually. We're going to have to work at that. You know, it'd be an interesting exercise to ask you when you think it's level. See, this is not an individual choice. You either reverence God's name the way that His Word says, or you're not reverencing it. It is either on the bubble or it is off. And your heart is not the judge of that. The way you feel about it is not the judge of that. The Word and the Spirit are the judge of that. Do you have actual awe for His name? I mean, I remember the day my beauty walked down that aisle. I went... Limp in the knees immediately. Tears welled up in my eyes. I was overwhelmed with emotion. I was literally standing in awe of the presence of my bride. I also remember the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was so in awe of what He was doing and that He would do it inside of me that I had a special kind of, I feel His presence. Do you still have that kind of awe for His name? Or has this just become a service? I mean, not a service to anybody else. (laughs) A service. I have to go service my car. I have to go change. I have to go service the grass. See, it's so easy for men that own a level to assume that it is level. You're going to have to do this right. God wants true instruction from our mouths. That's what he wants. He wants us to speak according to his word, not tribalisms, not what you heard somewhere in a Christian song. He wants you to speak according to his word, true instruction, nothing false on his lips. Do you know how high that standard is? Never the fish was this big. 
Never. Ne never shading a story. Never twisting a verse because you didn't, quote, remember it rightly. Hold up your Bibles. Hold them up. Come on. If you have it, when is it literally not worth looking to make sure you got it correct? Come on. Yeah? True instruction. Nothing false on his lips. Shalom and Mishor. God wanted you in a certain position. He wanted you right with him, like an x-axis. He wanted you right with man, like yeah. a y-axis. And he wanted you in Mishor on level ground, because he wanted you going full throttle. Amen. He wanted you all out. He wanted you on the offensive. And to do that, you got to level out a life. When you do that, though, it will turn many from sin. It will preserve the knowledge of God for the next generations. Isn't that really what this is all about? Saints, are you blessed hearing what the key is to living a level life? It makes you want to run full throttle. It makes you want to pursue God's will with an all-out attitude. Well, go to Jeremiah chapter 12. Let's go to verse 5. Say level whenever you get there. Say it loud now. I just want y'all to know that a four foot two little girl beat y'all by a mile to that verse <laughs> while we're talking about all out Holy Ghost speed. Yes. There you there go. There you go. There you go. Don't be ashamed. It's all right. The, this is where those that get there last will be considered first because of the humility to still say it. I'm proud of <laughs> Amen. you, brother. Thank you, Chris. Jeremiah 12, 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, uh -oh. how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? You know what, church? We have to say that if you're not able to run at full speed here in this church, how are you going to run at full speed out there? Mm. If you're worn out, exhausted while running the race here at LCM, what's going to happen when you have to run full speed on unlevel ground? Come on now. I'm talking about the kind of unlevel ground that is covered with thickets of trials, of troubles, tribulations, tripping hazards after every single step. See, this church is level ground. Amen. This church is safe country. Now, we're... Being a little bit hard on you right now. It's because we love you. It's, it's because we're actually proud of you and we want to keep things on the level. We're not a church who blows smoke into the seats. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I want you to remember something. We've measured the stage and said it was level ground. Is the stage the church, though? No. Is that concrete the church? No. Are these walls the church? No. Who is the church? You are level ground, but it takes work to stay that way. It does. And a lot is at stake. Well, we put forth the effort and the work to be level ground as a church. You know what, church? We, we learn how to run full throttle. Run full throttle with footmen so that you can grow to the point of running full speed with the horses. That you're able to trample over the thickets of trials and troubles and tribulations. Man, what a, what a good word. This, this scripture and this passage in our time together today is what we need. Look, as you begin to turn to Isaiah chapter 40, 
We're going to begin to read there. And uh, you're going to recognize the words of this from a, a song that the worship team did today. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. You're going to recognize this passage, maybe even as words spoken by John the Baptist. Uh-oh. John the Baptist. Mm. Wow, I, mm. I, I, worked, I worked for the Baptist way too long. <laughs> I, I don't want much of what they have, but I do want what's in this passage here in Isaiah <laughs> chapter 40 in verse 3. Come on, say level when you're there. Yeah. Level. A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way. Oh, yeah. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places will become a plain. Man, what a special passage. I'm so glad that Peyton and the worship team did this song today. Prepare the way. See, in the desert, in those arid, dry, difficult places, you know what you're supposed to do to them? You are supposed to make those places straight. You are supposed to make them level. Come on now. If you're going to set a land speed record, what do you often do, by the way? We were looking at these statistics the other day, and the first land speed record was in 1898, and they got up to a whole 39 miles an hour. That's less than one horse speed. (laughs) Speaking of running with the horses, right? 39 miles an hour. What it was in 1997 was 760 miles per hour. Breaking the sound barrier in a car, in a vehicle. Now, if you're like me... Shockingly, it was not one of our teenagers in this parking lot. (laughs) It could be confused for that at times, but it was not actually that. See, where they go and they do these things, due to these land speed records, are out in places called like salt flats like the Bonneville salt flats. And they go out there and there are tens and hundreds of miles of open space and level ground. See, what happens is if you're going to get up to a top speed, if you're going to keep increasing, it's one thing to be full throttle, but you got to build your speed. Yeah. you got to have enough space. you got to have enough open area to get up to a speed and sustain it. That's what causes you to set speed records. See, you got to think about it more like if there's an abandoned airstrip, you got to have a long enough. You got to have a long enough runway. The bigger the plane, the longer the runway. The more that God wants to accomplish before you, the more level ground that you have to work into it. The more that you have to prepare what's going on. Come on. But it also allows you to get faster and faster yeah, and faster. See, church, when you have the spirit level at work in your life, you not only become level, but you begin to make others level. You begin to prepare the way for others to be able to do what they're called to do. The ground isn't just level everywhere. You don't get to just decide where it is. You and I must make level ground. Amen. Come on now. Let's be honest. How many times have you arrived somewhere and expected the ground to be perfectly level? How many times in your own life you're like, well, the Lord put me here. I don't understand why this difficulty is here. Yeah, you're laughing because you know it's true. You might have even thought it this week. I thought this was supposed to be easier. Of course it's not. You're standing on level ground, but it's so you know what level is, and you go make level ground. Amen. You raise the valleys up, those low spots in your life, those low spots in your walk. you got to raise those things up. The mountains of difficulty, the mountains of problem, you have to crush them and make them level. You have to make the rugged places straight. You have to make the rough places smooth. That is our job, is to make level ground here, church. Mm. There's nothing more funny than watching a guy who is supposed to be remodeling a house complain that the walls are out of square. 
Yeah, well, why, why do you think we called you? <laughs> it's almost as silly as a Christian complaining that the people that he works with are not Christian. Why do you think you were called there? See, it's nice when you get benefited by somebody's level ground. Like getting to be around somebody. Is, I mean, that is nice. But you're called to make it. Amen. You're not just called to inherit it. You're called to make it for you and others. Now, pastor was in Isaiah 40. I want to be in Isaiah 42. Is that okay? Oh, it's yeah. just two chapters. Yeah. The person making level ground needs to be a benefit to the world around them. It's not just a benefit to you. Here's how Isaiah describes it. Isaiah 42 and verse 16. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar pathways, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Now, I couldn't help that Pastor Wade, you know, he seemed to make a connection between Isaiah 40 and John the Immerser and his experience in the Baptist church. Now, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I want to resist the urge to connect the blind in this passage to the Baptist church, so I'm not going to do that. What I want to tell you is that when you begin to view God doing things on earth through you, you want to help those that are blind. Yeah. You don't sit back and wait for God just to do it because that's not how He does things. He picks a man. He perfects that man. He empowers that man. Yeah. And He works through that man. It is our job to make level ground for those around us Amen. that cannot see. Amen. You can't make level ground for others when your own level is broken. The goal of going on an offensive, of getting up to full throttle and making level ground is to benefit the spiritually blind. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is not, um, it's not a hobby. It's a world-changing event. The thing is, is, this is God's desire. God put each of these in the first person. I will lead the blind. I will turn darkness. I will not forsake them. These are the things I will do. But He does it through His people. He will not forsake them. And we must not forsake them. Your life must be leveled by the Word and the Spirit. So that your life can be used to make level ground for them. Because they can neither see nor walk. And you have to help them. Amen. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 32, verse 36. And say level when you're there. He said to them, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey fully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. When we take to heart all of the Word of God. We're allowing the Word and the Spirit to make level ground in us, which in turn allows us to produce a level life that will provide level ground for our children, oh, man. extending into generations. 
And we must see that scripture, the word of God, is not just a compilation of idle words. It is a level life on level ground. Yes. So that what's inside of us can be provided for everyone else. Your children are going to look at your life. And it's going to show them what level actually looks like. Yeah. If you're half a bubble off. <laughs> if you're a full bubble off. Dude, you might be on full tilt. <laughs> if you're out of level, what hope do they have? Wow. See, it's not just about your state of level. It's about their state of level. Come on now. Let's think about it. There are, when you have degrees of variance in your life, so just a quarter inch drop in front of you for them becomes a pit, a pothole that they crash their life into. You get a, a quarter inch of drop over so many feet. You're not building a level ground for them to run on. You're building a roof over their head. That's called pitch, friends. <laughs> and, it, and it's bad if you're on a racetrack. Oh, it is. And speaking of racetrack, you know. It's not about just your life as a hundred meter dash. It's about the thousand generations that come after you. What level ground are you providing for them? How are you teaching them to make level ground just as the Lord is teaching you through his word and spirit? If you're allowing any declination in your life, what will it do to your generations? How will they excel beyond us? They excel by making level ground just as they watched you make level ground. Come on, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's engage with the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 9. We're going to see how Jeremiah addresses this very same topic. Jeremiah 1 in verse 9 says this. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Let's take a look at this slide that encapsulates the seven things that the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah about. Jeremiah, the Lord touches Jeremiah's mouth and he says to him, you've been appointed You have been given something and that makes you responsible for making level ground for others. And look at what it says here. To uproot and to tear down. What does that mean? That means the things that are in your path, the things that are not making it level ground, you have to get rid of them. Whether it's to build up or to tear it down. You've got to tear down and destroy the enemy's work. You've got to overthrow the works of the enemy so that then you could do what? Then you can be guilty to build and plant. Why? Because you have made level ground. You have taken the difficulties and made them exactly on the level ground of the Word and of the Spirit. See, we want you to have level ground. We want... Actually, it's not we want. Your children need you to have level ground. See, the Word and the Spirit are going to help you to destroy the unlevel ground. The Lord wants to build His kingdom on the level ground in your life and in the lives of your descendants. See, when you're standing on level ground, you can plant the Word into others. Yeah. Now listen, let's Good. think about the man who's speaking here for a second. Do it. Jeremiah's life was not level ground. He was in the midst of difficulty. He was in the midst of his nation about to be taken away into captivity. He did not have level ground. It was his job to make level ground. Amen. 
But you know what? Because he did. It blessed other people. I'm just going to quote this. I'm going to read this verse to you. It's out of the book of Daniel. Somebody say Daniel. Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 and and verse 2. Everybody just look up this way. I'm going to read it and I want you to pay attention to it. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. This man who is instructing us how to live in in a captive kind of society. He's directing our strength. Do you know what he understood? He looked back on the level ground that Jeremiah had done. He looked at what Jeremiah learned, and Daniel was able to understand the Scriptures better because of the level ground that Jeremiah instilled in this entire land. That is something special, church, and that's what we're going to be doing. When you think of the Holy Word of God, you should think of inspired men who lived level lives and that benefited those who came after them. And that's why Daniel could look back to what Jeremiah said and know what he should do. Do you want to see that in the Newer Testament? Yeah. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. Now, you think you know what this says, but think about it in the light of what you've just heard. The process of a level life benefiting those after you is throughout Scripture. So Paul is directing Timothy in the same way that Jeremiah directed Daniel. All Scripture, Timothy, is God-breathed. All of it. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is Paul saying, look, the only way that you will produce level lives is by looking backwards just like Daniel did to Jeremiah, looking to the Word and shaping their lives in the same way that the Word says. All Scripture is God-breathed. The very Spirit of God breathed the Word onto the pages of your Bible through men that were writing. The Word and the Spirit work together to teach you what level ground looks like. The Word and the Spirit work together to rebuke you when you are half a bubble off or a whole bubble off precisely because they want you to be level. It's not about disqualification. It's about fixing the issue. The Word and the Spirit will correct your course so that you can be on level ground. It takes training in this kind of process so that you learn to build on level ground in every good work that you do. Look, when I first got married, it was a very difficult thing to show up at a job with a required tool list. Anybody know what that is? I could not walk through the door of the plant where I was going to work without tools that I could not afford to buy. Do you feel me there? Number one tool on my very first tool list that I could not walk through the door of the plant without was a torpedo level. I want you to think about why. Everything that would be built on the other side of that chain link fence required you to know what level is. You said, well, why don't you just borrow one? Because then he wouldn't have his level. I was literally no good to them if I did not show up with a level. You cannot build the kingdom of God without a personal 
interaction with the Word and the Spirit that are a level. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes we were goofing off doing things we shouldn't have and left the level up on a beam. And so I did borrow a friend's and I was thankful that I had a buddy. But when you learn to depend on that, you're really kind of committing a, a, a fraud. You're there to work and to build, except you don't have the tools it takes to build. When you think of the last month of your life, how level was it? How level has your walk been? When you think about your spouse, how level has their walk been? Would those two answers agree? Dudes, are you sitting out there like, man, I mean, I think it's pretty good. And your wife's giving me the... <laughs> you always think it's good, guys, until it's not. That comes from... Owning a level that you don't look at. Yeah. Ladies, you can feel like it's never level. That also comes from owning a level that you never look at. Yeah. Come on. The word will level out your life. It will. And that is our goal. As we move forward, I'm hoping that you're starting to identify some mountains in your life that need to be moved. I mean, our hope here is that there will be a kind of momentum that picks up a full throttle that picks up a kind of speed offensive that picks up because we don't just want you to do well. We don't just want you and your children to do well. We want everybody who comes into contact with you to do well. We want to build spiritual momentum. Somebody say momentum. 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 Everybody turn to Second Kings chapter 9. 16, say level whenever you're there. Then he, Jehu, is who we're talking about. Jehu was a man of momentum who moved mountains and filled in valleys. Jehu got into his chariot and rode to Jezreel because Joram was resting there and Ahaziah, king of Judah, had gone down to see him. When the lookout standing on the tower in Jezreel saw Jehu's troops approaching, he called out, I see some troops coming. Get a horseman, Joram's ordered. Send him to meet them and ask, do you come in peace? The horseman rode off to meet Jehu and said, this is what the king says, do you come in peace? What do you have to do with peace, Jehu replied. Fall in behind me. The lookout reported, the messenger has reached them, but he isn't coming back. <laughs> so the king sent out a second horseman. When they came to them, he said, this is what the king says. Do you come in peace? Jehu replied, what do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. The lookout reported, he has reached them, but he isn't coming back either. The driving is like that of Jehu, son of Nimshi. He drives like a madman. Like a man with momentum. A man with level ground. And calling those to fall in behind him on that level ground. See, when you have one man moving at full throttle, full speed on level ground, it inspires other men to draft in behind them, running at that same level ground, at that same full throttle speed. Come on now. 
This is what we're looking to gain momentum in our lives. See, this is when one level man becomes momentum embodied. I'm talking about a railroad of redemption. Saying all aboard. A raceway of righteousness. A highway of holiness. A track of truth. A full throttle freightliner in the faith. We're going to gain momentum like Jehu in the name of Jesus. Come on, turn, turn with us to Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 17. Man, Jehu is a man who creates momentum. People begin to fall in behind him in the wake of what he is doing. In the wake of his level life, they begin to draft behind them, able to pick up the same kind of speed that he's laying down. Look at what this looks like in Luke chapter 6 and verse 17. It says that he, Jesus, went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Man, talk about momentum embodied, church. Man, talk about a freight liner of faith, a railroad of redemption. See, this is what it looks like for a man to go on the offensive, to forge ahead, full throttle, all literally while he is standing on level ground. Come on, it's no longer about his level life only. He was creating level ground with everyone who tried to come in contact with him. To everyone who was troubled by the valleys of demonic variance or the mountains of mediocrity that were at work in his life. Jesus was creating a momentum that we are still feeling today. Yeah. How many of you want to be able to move mountains? Yep. See, the question theologically for people is often, was this sermon on the mount or on the plain? Matthew records it on a mountain. Luke records a similar sermon on a plane. Two sermons or what happened? But the thing is, is we serve a God who levels mountains anyway. And He expects you to level mountains. In fact, let's go to Zechariah 4. We are right at the hour mark. This church is pretty well accustomed to hour and a half sermons. Today it's not going to be an hour and a half. We are nearing the end. But I want to tell you, levels have different levels of precision. Some of them are not any more than 95% accurate. The ones that millwrights have to use because metal's not very flexible are called precision levels. I'm asking you to pull out your precision level right now. This is not the moment to let your mind drift because you will have wasted our time and then pretended we wasted yours. This is the assembly of God's people right here. And what happens right here determines the fate of many people outside of this building. So do I have all of the attention that you can muster? Zechariah 4 in verse 6. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it! God bless it! Then the word of the Lord came to me. 
Are you catching verse 6? It's by the Spirit. Verse 8, then the Word came. You know how I level mountains? Do you know how you level mountains? The Word and the Spirit. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid this foundation. They've laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small things? Everybody. Everybody. Nobody, nobody likes not succeeding immediately. Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line, the level in the hand of Zerubbabel. Do you know why? Zerubbabel built the temple's foundation on a saddleback mountain. You couldn't find a more unlevel surface. When Jesus says in Matthew 21, you'll be able, if you have faith, to say to this mountain, be removed into the sea. You envision Darth Vader, you know. (laughs) Faith is displayed in picking up your level every day and going to work and moving a mountain, a shovel load at a time. He got it done. Some people say it took 20 or more years to do it. But The same man who started it, finished it. You know what we're looking for? We're looking for men and women in this room that will finish what God has started in their lives. Who will pick up the level of the Word of God and the Spirit and make level ground. It was God's temple we're talking about. Don't you think that since God made everything, He would have put the temple in a spot He made flat? But he didn't. He called a man. And he put a level in his hand. And he said, you're not strong enough. You don't have enough power. It'll be by my spirit. And the word will come to you. And you will level that mountain. And he did it. And it blessed the world. That is the temple that Jesus walked into and said, this is to be a house of prayer. For all nations. It was built by a man with a level in his hand. Have you identified mountains in your life? He said, well, I prayed about it. Good for you. That's cute. Get some bubble gum and some coffee with that statement. How about I persevered in prayer for decades over it? I searched the word of God. I attacked it with the scripture every day until it was no longer in my life. There is no such thing as fast food satisfaction in the Word of God. This thing is digested over your lifetime. We want to read you one more passage from Revelation. We want to show you who it is and how it is that men are standing before the throne. But what you are thinking about right now are the mountains that must be moved. And we are soon going to approach this altar where you commit before the Lord, just between you and Him, That you will pick up your level and you will go to work. And no matter how long it takes because he has said it, it will get done. Face the fact that you don't have the power to do it. Ask his spirit to empower you to do it. Look into his word to see how to do it. And it will become level ground. Not become, it will get leveled. Revelation 7, 9. 
After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. What we see here, saints, is that there is a great multitude of those who had level character, level lives. That the word and the spirit in agreement in them made level ground in them. And it was supplying a standard for us to also do the same. That in the end, we could be clothed with white robes and holding palm branches in our hands. Celebrating what the king of kings has done for us. And exactly what he did is that he came down in order to raise these men and to raise us up to that same level. The level of his word, the level of his spirit, making level ground inside of us. Have you ever heard that expression, that dude is on a whole nother level? Could there be anything more applicable than the level that God himself is at? On a whole nother level. And yet His Word and Spirit will not only level mountains in your life, it will raise you to His level. Ephesians says you are seated with Christ. Here, Revelation 7 pictures multitudes from the nations on the same level with Him, bowing before His throne. There is no limit to what the level of the Word and the Spirit will do in your life. But you're going to have to get leveled first. You have to apply it first. You have to pick the high spots and knock them down with the Word. You have to pick the low spots and fill them with the Spirit of God. The righteous path is smooth because God's Spirit and Word made it that way. Would you all please stand to your feet? The reality is, you've heard so many messages in your life. It can just be rhetoric. And you know that the Word is the Word. And you know that, and you know it, and you know it. So you don't even realize when you're not treating it that way. Familiarity breeds all kinds of contempt. And the most dangerous kind is the one that you don't actually recognize. We want this to be for you a moment like it has been for us. A good old-fashioned leveling by God. I don't want to get fascinated with praying for people and watching them fall out, although that's cool and we've done it all over the world. I'd rather watch the Word of God knock things out of your life. An honest moment right here can begin a leveling process that makes you a part of the King's Highway. And we want that for you. When I pray... I'm asking you to do what the Lord has told you to do. But simply walking down here in a crowd, it won't help you at all. Target the mountains in your life. Target them. It means by the end of the day, have a scripture about them. If you're married, speak with your spouse about not the ones in her life, not the one in his life, the one in your life. And help each other with it. 
the more level ground that we are, the more we'll create for other people and we will pick up speed on the offensive going full throttle. But it starts with you. Father, we're asking now that your presence would move upon us. The truth is, Lord, is almost all in this room want you. They want your will in their life. But the thing is, is we don't always, I shouldn't even say always, we don't know what to do next. So here we are relying on you. We're admitting it's not by our might or our power. Lord, come by your Holy Spirit now and show us, each of us, what mountains have to be removed so that we can get to work in your word. We want to walk on the level ground. More than that, we want to create it for others' benefit. Come and move in here. Move on us. In the name of Jesus, I pray.